That's really the first thing to know about a medicinal mushroom is that they are chock full of very highly active beta-glucans and those beta-glucans activate immune cells and the way they, they talk about this is they modulate our immune system which means that as needed they are going to be stimulating and producing these immune cells as we need them. That's Jeff Chilton, and this is the Soul and Wonder Podcast, Episode 60, The Power of Medicinal Mushrooms. Welcome to the Soul and Wonder Podcast, where the conduits of the body, depths of the mind, and atlas of the soul are explored with devotion. Through cultural exchange, Christopher and Sarah and their guests will deliver sacred wisdom from around the globe, uncovering the hidden gems of conscious living and holistic healing all to empower you on your journey of self-discovery. And now, here are your hosts, Christopher and Sarah. Welcome, you beautiful souls, to the Soul and Wonder podcast. We are your hosts, Christopher and Sarah. We're back, and we are talking about some mushrooms. Medicinal mushrooms. I know where your mind went with that one, but we've got Jeff Chilton to talk about these beautiful mushrooms today. He has got a huge resume, and I'm so excited to introduce him onto the show. But before we do that... You're listening to the Soul and Wonder podcast, and that means I know that you care about living your best life, body, mind, and soul. But you know what? I bet you feel something's missing, because I know you do. I see it in all of my clients' lives. That missing component to a personal well-being is self care. Now I'm not talking about the kind of self-care where you wind down after work with a glass of wine and a bubble bath. I like that bubble bath. (laughs) Sure. You know, that's a great way to wind down, but I'm talking about nourishing your body with proper foods, offering yourself grace, leaving your comfort zone. The things that we don't usually associate with self-care. Are you doing them? And are you doing them regularly? I'm guessing probably not because let's be honest, we don't have much time in the world, do we? We've got a lot of obligations, kids, right? I'm sure. You're tired. You're tired. You're going to work. You're managing the household. You've got children. Even if you don't, you're probably feeling exhausted. And listen, I get it. As a personal development coach, I see how many of my clients struggle with putting themselves first. And I can relate to it on a really personal level as well, you know? I mean, even I used to think that everything else was more important than taking care of myself. Self-love, y'all. But self-care is absolutely crucial for living a stress-free, happy life. When you can put yourself first, you have more energy to prioritize your time and do the things that you want to do. You have more energy for your obligations, so you can juggle more all at once and still feel full. You have more energy to do all the things you love, to spend the time with all the people you love, and it just goes up from there. And so check it out. We want to give you guys a free gift. You are our Soul & Wonder podcast listeners. We know that you could use this our free self-care checklist. So to get that self-care checklist, a checklist that you're not going to find on the internet, you know, doing all the same things everybody else is talking about doing, this is a creative checklist. This is going to help remind you to do the things that are really important for yourself. 
Go to soulandwonder.com and subscribe to get that free gift. You'll get it in your inbox immediately. You don't want to miss out on this. Plus, if you give us your email, you're going to be getting updates on a super special opportunity coming your way to live a stress-free, happy life. So I want you to tune in for a second. Close your eyes. I want you to imagine waking up every single day with a real smile on your face, even if everything is falling apart around you. I want you to imagine tapping into your true potential, knowing yourself better than you ever have before, living more whole, living more complete. It would be like opening the blinds to see that the sun was always shining. And I want to help you do exactly that. And trust me, this opportunity won't be like anything you've tried before because nobody else is talking about the one secret to long-lasting happiness that I discovered after I nearly died four years ago. But to learn more about this opportunity, you got to make sure you subscribe with your email at soulinwonder.com. Get that free self-care checklist, print it out, put it on your fridge, whatever you got to do to make sure you see it every day. Enjoy it. Enjoy the results that you get from making yourself first priority and stay tuned as we put the finishing touches on this amazing opportunity to live a stress-free, happy life. Man, oh man, I am super excited about this. And I'm also super excited about Jeff Chilton. Jeff is a wonderful man with a wealth of knowledge. And let me just tell you, his mushrooms are top notch. So you've heard me talk about all different health products before. As an herbalist, I've tried pretty much everything out there. And I can tell you for sure that the industry, although good, has a downside to it because a lot of the products are actually fake and they don't work. And we're going to go into great detail in the interview on that. We are. And Jeff just provides a breath of fresh air with his mushrooms. And he's been in the industry for a very long time and really knows what's going on. And so we had the pleasure of actually trying a bunch of the different products. I'm talking about turkey tail, reishi, chaga, lion's mane, cordyceps. You may have heard these names, you may have not, but these are different medicinal mushrooms grown from around the world. And Jeff just really brings the heat, man. It is so good. You can feel them working in your body right away. This guy is super passionate about these mushrooms too. We nerded out on this episode and we loved it. So if you don't know anything about Jeff, Jeff was raised in the Pacific Northwest. He studied ethnomycology at the University of Washington in the late 60s. And in 1973, he started work on a commercial mushroom farm in Olympia, Washington. And during the next 10 years, he became the production manager responsible for the cultivation of over 2 million pounds of agaricus mushrooms per year. I hope I pronounced that right. He was also involved in the research and development of shiitake, oyster, and enoki mushrooms, which resulted in the earliest U.S. fresh shiitake sales in 1978. And in the late 70s, he was a founder of Mycomedia, which held four mushroom conferences in the Pacific Northwest. These educational conferences brought together educators and experts in mushroom identification, ethnomycology, and mushroom cultivation. During this period, Jeff co-authored the highly acclaimed book, The Mushroom Cultivator, which was published in 1983. 
And in the 1980s, he operated a mushroom spawn business. And in 1989, he started Namex, a business that introduced medicinal mushrooms to the U.S. nutritional supplement industry. He traveled extensively in China during the 1990s, attending conferences and visiting research facilities and mushroom farms. And in 1997, he organized the first organic certification workshop for mushroom production in China. A founding member of the World Society of Mushroom Biology and Mushroom Products in 1994 and a member of the International Society for Mushroom Science, Mr. Chilton's company was the first to offer a complete line of certified organic mushroom extracts to the U.S. nutritional supplement industry. Namex extracts are used by many supplement companies and are noted for their high quality based on scientific analysis of the active compounds. Long story short, this guy knows his shit. He knows mushrooms in and out. And so we wanted to get down and dirty with Jeff talking all about these mushrooms. We kickstart the conversation with how he got into the mushroom business. And we were curious. We wanted to know how the field has changed in the last 40 years. He has so much knowledge on the way that this industry has shifted and grown. And we get into a lot of nerdy science, fascinating science of how mushrooms are grown and their biological makeup. We talk about wide varieties of different mushrooms, specifically medicinal mushrooms, and how they can be incorporated in your diet as well as supplements. And one of my favorite parts of the conversation was how to know if you're purchasing a high-quality mushroom supplement. Because as Chris said earlier, there's a lot of dead product on the market. And if it's working, it's mostly the placebo effect. So we also complete that conversation with why it's important that we do buy organic mushrooms. Jeff has a really good explanation on this, and we dive in and out stream of consciousness on a variety of different topics as well. I think you guys are going to really enjoy the lively energy that Jeff brings to the table. Yeah, I just really love this conversation a lot, and we hope you do too. See you on the other side. Welcome to the Soul and Wonder podcast. This is episode 60, and we're really glad to have you. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you very much. It's great to be here. And he's in British Columbia right now where the mushrooms are plentiful. Is that right? Oh, they are just popping up everywhere. I guess you could say they're mushrooming right now. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. So you've clearly been involved in the medicinal mushroom world for quite some time now, going over 40 years. So how did you get into this mushroom business? Well, you know, I, I was studying ethnomycology at the University of Washington, and I grew up in uh, Seattle and, and it's just an evergreen state. It rains all the time. It's the perfect mushroom climate. So mushrooms were everywhere. And, and I got into hunting wild mushrooms uh, at an early age. And then in university, uh, I started to study them along with my, my major in anthropology. And one of the things I, I was studying was the use of mushrooms worldwide by native cultures, not just for food, but also in a shamanic practices. And, and you're probably well aware the 60s was full of shamanic practices. <laughs> <laughs> and at any rate, uh, at, after I graduated university, uh, there's not a lot you, you do with a degree in anthropology. 
So my mycology professor suggested that I go 60 miles down the road to the only mushroom farm in Washington State, which I did. Uh, I got a job there and uh, I stayed there for the next 10 years. And for 10 years, I literally was living with mushrooms. Wow. That's incredible. And I just find this field so fascinating. Um, as a young amateur herbalist, I've just really taken to the fact of how powerful these mushrooms have really been as a part of our lives, but as well as, you know, how I've seen it transform the lives of others. And it's interesting because in the herbal world and in the supplement industry, um, you see waves, right? They hit these peaks where it's like, oh, mushrooms is the next best thing. And then you have turmeric is the best thing and whatever, you know, whatever they can get their hands on. But, you know, as you mentioned, ancient cultures have been using medicinal mushrooms for thousands of years for not only healing, but also spiritual uh, practices and everything else. So how have you seen this field transform since you first began 40 plus years ago? Well, when I started growing mushrooms on the, uh, this farm, I mean, it was uh, we were producing agaricus mushrooms, which you, you probably know is the button mushroom. You see it in your supermarkets. And, and, you know, at the time it was interesting because classical nutritionists, looked at mushrooms and said, oh, mushrooms, there, there's nothing there. It's uh, maybe it tastes good. And, and uh, but the reason they said that was because mushrooms don't have any calories. And so for a nutritionist, if a food doesn't have calories, they're like, you know, it's a non-food, right? Well, today it's like low-cal foods are, are more accepted, right? But, but it turns out mushrooms actually have a great nutritional profile there. They've got a good level of protein, 20 to 40% of high quality protein. They're full of uh, carbohydrates, good carbohydrates, like um, the beta glucans that are in there. Uh, and, and they've got uh, some good B vitamins as well. They've got uh, riboflavin, niacin. So it's a very healthy food. Um, and, and plus it's got these beta glucans in its cell walls that have immunological activity. So, so in a sense, I really look at mushrooms as kind of like one of the premier, what we call today, a nutraceutical or, or what you could almost think of as food as medicine. And, you know, isn't that what we're all looking for? Food as medicine. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You would hope. <laughs> I hope more and more people jump on that train. Yeah, just don't go into a normal grocery store. <laughs> right, exactly. And, you know, you kind of touched on um, there's obviously a wide variety of mushrooms. You know, you've got food, you know, mushrooms that we like to eat and put in our soups. And um, you also have medicinal mushrooms and you have psychoactive mushrooms. And I'm wondering, what are medicinal mushrooms and their primary uses? Well... You know, a lot of what's really great is a lot of the premier edible mushrooms are also medicinal. So, for example, shiitake mm. or maitake or lion's mane. And, and, you know, what was really fortunate for me is, is at this mushroom farm I worked on, we had a Japanese scientist there. So back in the 70s, while we were growing millions of pounds of button mushrooms, he was there researching and growing shiitake, oyster mushroom, and enokitake. So I was exposed to these other mushrooms, and that exposure, which was really what led me to the whole medicinal side of things, because 
because basically in North America or Europe, no one was talking about medicinal mushrooms, right? But in Asia, that's where they've been using mushrooms for thousands of years in traditional Chinese medicine. So, so really, because of Dr. Uroyama, <laughs> who was a very interesting man, um, and and uh, and actually growing these other mushrooms at that farm, that's where medicinal mushrooms sort of came into the picture for me. And so, you know, it's kind of funny because while I was there, I, I enjoyed what I was doing so much, but everybody else there who was working on this farm just wanted to get off the farm. It was like <laughs> farm labor, the lowest of, of any sort of labor and everybody wanted to, And when they saw me there, like at lunchtime reading about mushrooms and mushroom growing and that kind of thing, they just thought, man, you are nuts. We want to get out of here. I mean, I think about it for a second, like on farms and certainly on this farm, we're making, because agaricus grows on a compost, we're making 320 tons of fresh compost every week. Wow. Well, well, you know, a barnyard and composting has, has certain odors that come with it. And those odors are, are powerful. And so a lot of people who aren't used to the countryside, man, when they smell those odors, they're like, oh, man, I got to get out of here. So, so working on a mushroom farm around all those odors, for, for most people, it's just like, oh, no, this, this is like the end of the world here. I don't want to work it. But for me, it was just fine. I mean, I, I worked in there making the compost and, and uh growing the mushrooms, so it was not a problem. But in terms of your question, you're talking about the medicinal mushrooms and all. Well, here's really what's interesting about a mushroom. The cell wall is made up of what are called beta-glucans. So, so every mushroom has these beta-glucans in its cell walls. And the beta-glucans are what scientists have told us are the medicinal component of mushrooms. Now, mushrooms have a number of different compounds in them that are beneficial, but the beta-glucans are the key, and every mushroom has these in its cell wall. And the wonderful thing for us is that some of these edible mushrooms, like maitake, like shiitake, um, like lion's mane, wonderful edible mushrooms, but they also have these beta-glucans that are more active than others. And that's really one of the keys is that not all beta-glucans have the same level of activity. Mm -hmm. And what are beta-glucans good for? Well, what mushrooms are good for and what beta-glucans are good for, primarily they will activate immune cells. So when we eat the beta-glucans, we eat the mushrooms, those beta-glucans go down into our lower intestine, we don't digest mushrooms in our stomach, really. They go through our stomachs, they go into our intestine. Then they hit receptor sites. Those receptor sites in our uh, small intestine, those uh, sites will then uh, activate uh, natural killer cells, macrophages. So that's really what they're doing. They are activating immune cells. So, so you know, th this also is something that, that uh, happens with what are called um, adaptogens. I mean, not that specifically, but, you know, a mushroom is a premier adaptogen. Mushroom is something that, that 
And an adaptogen, I look at that as something that is geared towards prevention. You know, a lot of people go, oh, a mushroom's going to cure your cancer or something like that. You know what? The best way to think about medicinal mushrooms is that they're something you take for as a preventative measure. They're going to be there. They're in the background. They're working. Don't expect mushrooms to work overnight. <laughs> you're not going to take the mushroom and tomorrow you're going, oh, my cold's gone. This is great. Doesn't work that way. Uh, you know, I see, I see some reviews sometimes for mushroom products on Amazon, and that's what people are saying. And I'm like, Holy smokes, that is not, not how they work, you know? I mean, you guys have probably seen those kind of reviews, too. And, and as an herbalist, an herbalist, you might go, oh, Lord, you know, please help me out here, right? Wow. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> oh, go ahead, Jeff. I was going to say, so, so you know, that, that's really the first thing to know about a medicinal mushroom is that they are chock full of very highly active beta-glucans, and those beta-glucans activate immune cells. And the way they, they talk about this is they modulate our immune system, which means that as needed, they are going to be stimulating and producing these immune cells as we need them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I really appreciate your uh, detailed explanation on that. And so, you know, I was going to say before, it's interesting the perspective that we often have in the Western world in regards to the effectiveness. And we measure effectiveness by how quick things work. But in the natural world, it's a slow, organic process that takes place and that we have to really cultivate a relationship with the herbs, in this case, mushrooms, and take it over time, as you mentioned. And one Not to mention the holistic approach as well. Absolutely. Addressing all aspects of the being, you know, body, mind, and soul. But, um, you know, one of our favorite mushrooms that we use on the regular, and we got some in the fridge, I should have brought some out for this interview, is some, <laughs> some uh, chaga tea. We get the full chaga chunks and really simmer those down nicely. And we just, we love our chaga tea. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. You know what? And, and what I love too is I, I love it when people can actually get the mushroom itself, like the chaga, for example, and certainly people who who are, are good at foraging can go out in certain areas and they can harvest things like like reishi. They can find lion's mane. They can find chaga, maitake back where you guys are. We don't have maitake really out here in the West Coast, but where you guys are, you've got maitake. So you can go out and, and as herbalists, what could be better than finding your own herbs and making up your own tinctures and things like that? And, and with something like chaga or reishi, which are, you know, woody, uh, like chaga is really just, you know, kind of really gnarly, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, reishi is woody. We're not going to put that into our diet. So what you do is you go ahead and you decoct it and you, you uh, basically uh, simmer it down, get it into a concentrate. You can stick it in the fridge. You can pull out X amount daily or however, drink it as a tea or, or when you want it. It's just a great way to do it. What's your opinion on, um, I know I've, so some people might be wondering, you know, they might have never heard of mushrooms like the ones that you're speaking about and they might be wondering, so wait a minute, do I just find these mushrooms and cook them up and eat them or do I eat them raw? Do when, or how do I know when to make tea? What would your thoughts be on that? Well, 
You know, the first thing I tell people is before you even think about supplementation, if you have access to to shiitake or maitake or lion's mane or some of these mushrooms in your markets, put mushrooms into your diet. I, I eat mushrooms um, at least three times a week. And I don't mess around with, okay, a couple of mushrooms here. You know, I, I weighed up a, a fresh agaricus, a fresh button mushroom, about a medium size. It weighed 40 grams. I thought, wow, that's really heavy for that one mushroom. And I thought, here I am. I, I probably eat 10 of those in a sitting, no problem. Wow. And I thought, do am I really eating a pound of mushrooms just like that? But for me, for me, seriously, I mean, it's so easy, whether it's uh, Garicus or shiitake or maitake, to eat, say, 200 grams in a sitting, which is, which is 10 dried grams. I mean, think about that for a minute. 10 dried grams of any herb is a lot of herb. Mm -hmm. So, so the first thing I tell people is, look, get mushrooms into your diet. They're a fabulous food. You're not only going to get good nutrients from them, but you're going to get these medicinal benefits as well. And certainly again, shiitake, maitake, lion's mane, um, trying to think of another choice edible. We don't have cordyceps um, fresh, which is too bad, but uh, yeah, get them into your diet first and then, and then think about supplementation if you want to incorporate them further. But, but Put them, make them a regular feature of, of what you eat. And, and again, this gets back, you know, in China, food is medicine. This is just a standard concept that's been around for thousands of years. Uh, in fact, it's interesting because they, they have some restaurants over there that actually go into these restaurants and every dish that they serve you is considered a, nothing but medicinal, whether it be herbs or foods or whatever. That's, that's what they serve you there. And does cooking these mushrooms cook out any of the nutritional value or does it enhance it in some way? Well, you know what? Uh, I think that uh, cooking is uh, uh, important. You're not going to lose any nutrient. It's not really going to destroy, destroy any of the nutrients. Uh, cooking, I would say, is, is what you should do. And what I would say, too, for people, you know, you know how a lot of people think of mushrooms and they think, Oh man, those soggy, slimy things. You think I really want to eat those things? <laughs> well, hot pan, a really hot frying pan, your favorite oil in there, throw them in, cook them, you know, again, hot. I, I like to brown them up. So when I cook them, I cook them hot enough that they'll get nice and brown on, on the side and then I'll kind of flip them over. And so both sides are nicely browned. I, I like to cook them a little longer, but you see, when you, when you cook them in a, in a, cool pan, what happens is the is all the water just comes right out of them. And the next thing you know, they're sitting cooking in this all this water and the water's gone out of them and they're just a soggy, slimy mess. So you really need to get them in a hot pan. In China, you know, everything is kind of cooked that way in a very hot wok or something like that. But that's the way to cook a mushroom. And definitely, um, I think cooked mushrooms are are the way to go in terms of the, the edibles. Now, now you're, you guys are doing the other side of it, which is you can take a medicinal mushroom like chaga or reishi, and you can decoct it. And, and with those two, what, what I recommend is, is um, like, for example, the reishi mushroom, um, very woody, very hard to do anything with. I mean, for there were times when I would take a hatchet to a reishi mushroom because you can't really, you can't cut it with a knife. It's wood. And it's the same with a chaga. What are you going to do with a chaga? You probably put it in a bag and beat it, right? <laughs> <laughs> Unless you buy the chunks, right? But it's so so you put it into a, a pot of water and you 
you cook it for maybe three hours, and then you pour it off, put in more water, cook it some more. You can cook it two, three, four times until the water stops turning color. And, and then you know you've gotten everything you need out of that. So, you know, and, and then, of course, again, you can just stick it in the fridge and take it out as you, as you want it. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's a great way to do it and something that we just really enjoy. And it's funny because I know a lot of people, if they taste some of the acid, how do these mushrooms actually taste? How do the teas actually taste? Well, you know, it's something like anything else you adapt to, but I really have come to really love the taste of, well, chaga specifically and yeah. all the other mushrooms we've we've had as well. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know what, and 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 uh, that's what that's what's so cool about the mushrooms is that each one has its unique flavor. Mm. One of the ones that I take daily is reishi, and we produce one of the things that we produce is we produce a very strong uh, reishi extract. And and you know, my company we sell nothing but powdered extracts. We don't sell tinctures or fluids of any sort. It's powdered extracts. So this reishi extract is a sixteen to one strength extract and and so it's very strong and reishi's really bitter i mean bitter as anything you've tasted um in fact we do we do what we call a, a reishi challenge where we have some you know you know there's products out there that actually are called mycelium and they grow them on grain and they taste very bland and we just tell people okay taste one of these products they taste it and they go oh yeah kind of sweet kind of bland yeah and then I say, okay, try this reishi extract. And they're just like, oh my God. You know, it just it just gets into their mouth and it's just like so powerful. And they just go, this tastes so medicinal. And it does. And so I, I take that and I put it into my coffee in the morning. That, that's my favorite herb, actually, is wow. coffee. <laughs> so in the morning with my coffee, I don't sweeten it. And then I just add maybe half, half a teaspoon of some reishi extract, and that just is as as a secondary bitter note. And I'm just like, yeah, this is great. For most people, they would prefer reishi in a capsule or or something else. Maybe a tea. It'd be a pretty bitter tea, but if you like bitters, it's it's fine. It's got its own special bitterness. But like if if um, like when we do the reishi challenge, it'll be a powder, right? And sometimes people will take a little bit too much and and next thing you know they're making a face just an amazing <laughs> face <laughs> and going does anybody have any water <laughs> that's you know, great you, you you were talking about how you sell powdered forms of these mushrooms and things so how do our listeners know how like when they're purchasing how do they know when they're purchasing a quality mushroom supplement well, let, let me tell you a little bit about the supplement market because it's really an interesting phenomena that's happened is that, that mushrooms, and, and you know, remember, I'm, I'm a mushroom grower. I, I know how to grow mushrooms. I know the economics of it and all of this. And, and what's interesting is that, is that you can't actually grow mushrooms in the United States and sell them as supplements. You can sell them as food. But remember, a mushroom, like most vegetables, is 90% water. So all of a sudden, you've got this, this mushroom that you've been selling for $5 a pound. You dry it out, and now you have to get $50 a pound for that same just a pound of dried mushroom. The economics of selling that as a supplement just don't work. Mm-hmm. So, so what's happened is that companies in 
United States, what they do is they will grow mycelium. And just just uh, um, let me just give you a brief overview of the life cycle here. We, we start mushrooms don't have seeds. They have spores. Mm-hmm. So a spore will will fly. You know, a mushroom will produce a spore. It'll fly out into the environment. It'll land somewhere. If it, if it lands in a, a place where where it's uh, compatible uh, when conditions are right, it will germinate into a very, very fine filament called a hypha. And and if you have multiple spores that germinate and these hypha will are in the same place, they will come together and they will form a network. And that network is called mycelium. And, and this mycelium, it's really cool. The mycelium is is underground. It's in a piece of wood. We normally don't see it, but it's there. It's it's all throughout the ground. And it, what it does is it's breaking down organic matter, which allows it to, to continue to grow. And it's also amassing these nutrients so that when, when um, the fall comes, especially here, it rains, it gets a little bit cooler. And now that mycelium that's been just like having a great time growing out there in the summer temperatures, it's like, wow, this is wonderful. All this food, all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, it's cold. <laughs> it stops growing and it produces a mushroom. Wow. And, and now that mushroom will come up, it will mature, and it will produce all of these spores. And now we've got a completion of this life cycle. Now, what some companies do is they will grow that mycelium on sterilized grain in a laboratory and at the end of the process what they'll do is they will basically uh, slice it dry it and grind it to a powder but they don't remove the grain so the grain is still with this product and and what what i did in 2015 is i did a very big study with 95 products 40 of which were these were these u.s manufactured myceliated grain products and then I did dried mushrooms I did mushroom extracts and what I found in my testing was that those products were mostly starch from all the grain wow and and, 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 and see here's the here's the issue the issue is that a mushroom doesn't have any starch Mm -hmm. and and what's interesting about a mushroom is that you know some people say oh yeah mushrooms kind of like humans well you know the kingdom of fungi sits between plants and animals. It's right in there. And, and fungi do not produce starch. What do they produce? They produce glycogen, just like us. Mm-hmm. So, and, and they breathe just like us. They're like uh, um, breathing in oxygen, taking and, and pushing out carbon dioxide. So in that sense, people say, well, we're very close to fungi. In that sense, yes, we are. But the issue being that fungi don't have starch. So when you've got a mushroom product, if there's starch in there, something is wrong. And so what happens is these myceliated grain products end up being 30 to 60% starch and very level, low levels of beta-glucan, like down as low as, like on, on average, they turned out to be about 6% beta-glucan. A mushroom is 25 to 60% beta-glucan. A reishi mushroom or a turkey tail mushroom are 50% beta-glucan. And and the amount of glycogen they have is maybe one or 2%. So these products are the exact opposite 
of what you expect to get in a mushroom product. And and the issue is, you know, we're talking about, well, how do you know what's a good product? The issue is that on the label, it will say reishi mushroom, shiitake mushroom, chaga mushroom, when in fact, it's not even a mushroom. There's a picture of a mushroom. It says mushroom. It's not even a mushroom. It is this mycelium that's been grown on this sterile grain. And, and, and just to give you an idea so you, you can picture this, do you know what tempeh is? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you know what, temp, do you know what it is? It's soybean fermented. fermented. Soybean, right? Okay. Do you, know what they, do you know what they ferment it with? No. We're guess vegan, what? so I'm surprised that we don't know this answer. <laughs> well, guess what? They ferment it with a fungus. Uh-huh. What you are actually eating is fungal mycelium. So the way they produce tempeh is they cook the soybean, they put this fungus on it, and, and, and actually they have spores and they inoculate this cooked soybean with these fungal spores and this particular fungus is really really fast growing i mean it covers those soybeans in in uh, two to three days and it covers it with white mycelium so when you eat tempeh what you're actually eating you're eating mycelium on a cooked grain well here's the issue is that a food or is it a supplement? Can you imagine you just grind that up and you're going like, okay, here's a mushroom product for you. Uh-uh. <laughs> no, it's not. It's actually, you know, you're used to, in herbs, plant parts, right? Mm-hmm. There's a root. There's maybe uh, leaves. There's fruit. Well, that's the issue here is that the mycelium is a plant part. It's not a mushroom. And the grain is definitely not what you're looking for when you're looking for a mushroom product. So so you have to really be careful because when you're looking at the shelf at all those products that say mushroom and they have a picture of a mushroom, turn it over. If the company is ethical, you'll look on it and it will say mycelium. And in the other ingredients, it might say myceliated rice or myceliated oats or myceliated grain, but not say that. So a lot of these products will not reveal the fact that they've got all of this grain in there. And, and listen, I go to, um, I go to a show every year called paleo FX. And there's a lot of people out there that are like grains. Sorry, we don't eat grains. Okay, fine. They they come to my my booth and they say, oh yeah, all mushrooms. I love mushrooms. I'm taking this great mushroom product. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, that's great. What's the brand? They tell me the brand and then I'm going like, I hate to tell you this, but that brand is mostly grain powder. And then they're like, shocked. Mm-hmm. Absolutely shocked. Because like I say, most companies won't even tell you that. And not only that, a lot of people don't pay attention to supplement facts and that little thing underneath in the fine print that says other ingredients that might tell you that. Not always, but might. So so that's, that's something you really have to be aware of when you're out there in the supplement market. Now, when you're buying chaga chunks, Ah, no problem, right? Mm-hmm. You can look at them. You, you know what chaga looks like. 
you know, it's that nice cinnamon color with that black rind on it. And, and yeah, it's all good. Or if, you, if you've got an actual reishi mushroom in your hand, yeah, reishi mushroom. But, you know, supplements, they're in capsules, they're powders. It's a totally different thing. How do you really know? Mm. Well, thank you for explaining that. Yeah, and breaking that down. Yeah. I think that's really important for people to understand because, again, the supplement industry, as many people know, it is very – I mean it's, it's, it's a billion-dollar industry. And so people will try to capitalize any way they can on that industry. And so those types of products are sitting on the shelves, and it's good to have that awareness around that. So that was a great, very good detailed explanation of that. And so now let's get back to the pure – form of mushrooms, the pure supplements that are actually out there, how important is it to actually buy organic mushrooms versus obviously ones that have been sprayed and everything else? Well, you know what? I'm a real believer in organic certification of vegetables or fruits or whatever it is. Uh, my company's been certified since 1992. And, and once I realized this whole issue of, of growing mushrooms in North America and it being difficult for supplements, well, you know, I traveled all throughout China in the 1990s, and it was just absolutely incredible. There, there were, I visited farms, I visited factories, I visited research institutes, processors. It was amazing. Today in China, they produce 87% of the world's mushrooms. Wow. 87%. So with this realization, I just basically went, okay, look, uh, I'm, I'm going to have to source my mushrooms in China. So in 1997, I went to China with OCIA, a major organic certifier in the United States. We organized the very first mushroom certification workshop in China, 1997. So two or three years later, we had organic production coming out of China, and we're being certified over there by, by uh, German certifiers. Um, and then I've got my own certifier over here. Every single lot of product that we make is uh, tested for pesticides and fungicides. It's tested over there, heavy metals, before it even leaves China and comes over here, and then we retest it again. So, so you know, for me, you know, you know let's face it. How many chemicals are we all ingesting on a regular basis that we didn't ask anybody to give us or make us ingest it if we want to eat certain foods or drink certain drinks? So I'm a total believer in organic foods and beverages. I think it's really important. And, and you know, the one thing about organics is more than just those chemicals. It's also the way you treat the land and, and all of this production out there where they're spraying chemical fertilizers and everything, it's just depleting the topsoil. It's contaminating our rivers, our lakes. I mean, it is just, it is really, um, to me, it's a huge tragedy. And it's something that the more organic production that we can get, the better off we're all going to be. Mm -hmm. Very well put. Yes, yes. Thank you for saying all that. And so what sort of updates do you have now? What's going on with your work right now? Um, what current projects do you have going on and any other updates you'd like to share with us? Well, you know what? <clears throat> There's some some pretty cool things going on right now. You probably, I don't know if you, have you heard at all about mushrooms and uh, vitamin D. Uh, a little bit, but 
Uh, you can explain a little bit more if you'd like. Well, you know, you know what? It's, it's interesting because mushrooms actually don't have much vitamin D in them, mm-hmm. but they have a compound in them called ergosterol. And ergosterol is a precursor to vitamin D. So when you expose a mushroom to UV, like put it out in the sun, that ergosterol turns into vitamin D. Mm-hmm. Now, now if you're a, if you're a, a, a vegan or or you know a vegetarian, and, and you're like I, I want to have vitamin D, but it comes from an animal, um, which vitamin D three does. This is this is actually vitamin D that you're getting from a mushroom. You're getting it from a non-animal source. And and you know, that's something that that we're working on right now and and hoping to have a a vitamin D mushroom product out um next year. Uh we've been we've been working on this actually for a number of years. It's just taken a while to to get to the point where we've got enough to put out a product and offer it to other companies. But, but to me, that again is one of those things of, of kind of like, um, and even with your mushrooms, you can take your mushrooms and like in the summertime or something. And before you eat them that night, you can slice them up, stick them out in the sun and, and they'll be sitting out there for 15 to 30 minutes. And there will be a lot of vitamin D produced 100, 200 IUs of vitamin D produced in those mushrooms. And of course, the more surface area that you can expose. So the thinner you slice those to for the vitamin D content, the more vitamin D you'll get out of it. Now, now just one thing I like to say, I don't like to slice when I'm cooking mushrooms, I don't like to slice them too thin. Uh, But in terms of vitamin D, that's what you do to expose as much uh, of the surface of that as possible to get those uh, higher in vitamin D. The other, the other uh, um, interesting compound that you might hear about in the years to come is a compound called uh, ergothionine. Mm-hmm. Ergothionine is a um, strong antioxidant that only occurs in a few foods, mushrooms being one of them, and it's it's actually something that they find in a lot of different places in the human body. We don't produce ergothionine. They find it in a lot of places. And what happens is that as we age, we start to see, they start to see less of this ergothionine. And so they're actually thinking that that may be something that if we can maintain more ergothionine, that it might be an anti-aging uh, a compound. And actually, they're even considering it um, might be a new vitamin, wow. which would be really cool. And, and um, so so we're also looking at, we've been measuring ergothionine in our extracts now for a year and a half. Because, you know, one of the things that, that I truly believe in is um, analyzing our products to guarantee that we actually have the medicinal compounds that are supposed to be there. You know, uh, I, I, I've been in that, that, this whole industry since 1989. And, you know, in the very beginning, people used to just like basically harvest leaves of this and leaves of that, grind them up to a powder, put them in capsules and sell them. Right. And, and say, okay, take two capsules a day. Well, two capsules a day of a lot of herbs, you'd be like, 
what? <laughs> That's not going to be medicinal, right? You need to have a certain amount of the actives in there, and nobody would be measuring that. So, so the industry's come a long way, but there's still a lot of those products out there. I, I truly believe in, I believe in the in the. Um, what it's been used for historically, like traditional Chinese medicine, that's where we'll go, okay, what are the major mushrooms that have been used medicinally? And then I'll go, okay, let's go out to the scientific world and find out what scientists have been doing and can they confirm this? And then if there's a strong body of scientific evidence, I'll go, okay, this is a good medicinal mushroom. So, so with certain of these compounds like the beta-glucans, like ergosterol, which is this, this fungal sterol that turns into vitamin D, like ergothionine, we measure for those because that way we can build up a profile where when we sell a product, we can say, look, here it is. This product has all of those things that make a mushroom medicinal. And, and that's what's important. I, I don't want to be selling, you know, and there's there's too much of this stuff out there where people are selling stuff that's just you know, it may as well be placebo, you know, and, and and unfortunately, it doesn't matter what business, what type of market or what types of products, there's always going to be those products out there. So one of the things that I really feel strongly about is, look, it's important for us to validate, verify and guarantee that what we're actually selling you is what we tell you it is, and that something that going to provide you with the benefits that you expect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll tell you what, I know where we're getting our next mushroom supplement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, and again, again, if you can get those like the chaga chunks, I love that. We sell we sell a chaga product, but I tell people to look, if you have access to yeah. to chaga chunks and you like to make up your own teas and stuff, do that. That is fantastic. And and if you have mushrooms in your marketplace, medicinal mushrooms, Buy them and eat them. Put them into your diet. Do that. Don't don't worry about the supplementation until you know you go. Oh, I really like to have more of a reishi or a chog or something like that. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, that that is that is the thing to do for sure. Well, uh, thank you so much for yeah. all of your wonderful information and some of those tips on uh, mushrooms and vitamin D. That's really cool. I'm definitely going to be having some mushroom soup this week. Mm -hmm. That sounds pretty good. <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. If you have shiitake in your marketplace, man, shiitake mushroom, my favorite. Yeah, absolutely. Wonderful. So where can our listeners um, follow you, keep up with your updates, and purchase any supplements if they're interested? Well, you know what? Um, my company primarily sells to other businesses, but we have a ton of great information Uh images on our website, uh, namex.com, N-A-M-M-E-X.com. We also, because we have so many people calling us about where can we get your products and, and it's like, well, you're a consumer, I'm sorry. We've also got a line of consumer products that we sell online that have our products. You know, a lot of companies that buy from us, they will blend, they will formulate so we've got our products out 100% just the mushrooms, nothing more. And that would be at realmushrooms.com. I like it. Love it. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it, love it. Well, well, Jeff, it's been a pleasure, and we really appreciate all of your expertise and knowledge and you sharing your wisdom after all of these years working in the field of medicinal mushrooms. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's been quite a pleasure. 
Hey, my pleasure talking to you both, really. Have a wonderful day. You too. See you guys. Bye. What amazing energy. I'm just so excited to see his enthusiasm about living in accord with Mother Nature and these beautiful mushrooms that she provides us. Yes, and take care of yourself. Go get yourself some of these mushrooms. I promise you, you will see the difference. Realmushrooms.com. Speaking of self-care, here's your friendly reminder to go to soulandwonder.com. Put in your email to subscribe to get that self-care checklist that we promised you earlier. And remember, stay tuned for updates on this amazing new opportunity to help you live a stress-free, happy life in a way that nobody else is talking about. <laughs>